0: What's up? Well, that's good. So excited for this Wednesday because this Wednesday we have one of my favorite people who has just mentored me, been a friend to me, got me so excited about what God's doing in her life. And she's excited for what's going on in my life. It's just been an amazing relationship here. And so it is my good friend, Jenny Allen. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, it's so good to be here. All right, Jenny. So here's the thing. We ask everybody this question, and you are such a prime candidate for this question because the reason we ask people what's the best piece of advice they've been given is because we want to know who said something to you that stuck out because you say so many things to so many people that is such great advice. So what was a piece of advice somebody gave you that's just kind of stuck with you over the
1: years? Mm, Okay. Well, it's my husband. Love that. Y'all have met him. He is a wise dude. I love him so much. And he has been discerning constantly in my life. And one time, it was early on when I was starting to, you know, have opportunities to be more public. And he said, Jenny, don't be the fancy version of yourself. Like, just Mm. be you.
0: That's so good. And I
1: think that was the most freeing piece of advice I've ever gotten. Mm. And I remember it all the time because. All the time in life, I think we all think that something more is required of us. Yeah. And what God uses most often is our brokenness and our humility. I mean, Sadie, I'm going to— you too. I just got to be on tour with you. And I left and I was like, well, I cannot believe how you opened tour. It's so powerful mm-hmm. about the speaking, you know, just weakness that you had in your past about this. And then God's using you in this massive way with a microphone. And so it just reminded me of that again, like God wow. is so powerful through our weakness. That's and so cool. And so I just learned early on not to hide it, like just to own it and go with it. And I think that was part of what endeared me to you is you aren't afraid of that either. And yet there's a power and authority over your life too. And I think that that's how God works.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. I love that. Don't be the fancy version of you. I'm going to start thinking of that because it's so true and praise God that we get to like boast in our weakness for his glory because there's no pressure in that whenever you don't have to hide things. I remember my mom told me something kind of similar, like right before our show kind of exploded. She was like, if y'all have any secret, she's like, don't keep it in the dark because it will come out. And who do you want to tell your story? Other people who don't really know what God's doing in your life or you who can tell what's going on or maybe what you're struggling through, but what God is doing and redeeming. Mm. And it was just like so powerful. And so I started opening up in that vulnerable way. And then it's so cool because that's what people connect to. Yes. That's why it feels like so easy to talk to you because you're so relatable and are always like super real with me. And so I love that. And that's so cool to hear your husband say and also just see that bleed through like everything that you do because you are the straight up real deal. You don't sugarcoat it. And I love that. (laughs) But I wanted to ask you. So you kind of talked about whenever you first started getting opportunities and Not many people know this probably because I don't know that I've ever really shared this publicly, but you kind of like saw something in me before I ever like saw it in myself. Before I became a speaker, before I even knew if that was like a possibility, you kind of spoke this over me when we met randomly in Canada, the Bob Goth thing, yep. that I was going to go on to be like a Bible teacher and all that stuff. And I don't even like, I was so wide eyed in that moment. I was like, wait, what? Like, cause it had not hit me yet. And then obviously God did stuff in my life and there was like this journey that God took me on. But what was that for you? Like, how did that start for you? When was it that you kind of felt called to ministry and what did that look like? Cause you know, now we see the if gathering, but where did it all begin?
1: Yeah. So I would say early on, I did feel a very clear calling to ministry, but this is a long time ago. And it wasn't like it is now where there's a lot of women using their gifts and a lot of women in ministry. It was completely different. I didn't have those role models. When I felt called to ministry, Beth Moore wasn't even on the scene yet. So I was in college. I was probably 18 years old. And I remember it was late at night one night. I just taken a break or gotten off site of, I was working at a camp called Kanakuk in Branson, Missouri. And I took a two, four and had a break, ran home. And that night I just felt called to ministry. And I vividly remember it. I really can't probably put words to it, but it felt like it was from God. And the reason I really look back and believe it was from God was I didn't have any category for that. It wasn't like something that I dreamed of all my life or wanted to do. It really was supernatural that God would even implant that. So I assumed at that time, maybe meant being a missionary because I just didn't know women that taught their Bibles and all that. And so fast forward, you know, I remember a strong connection to Beth when I heard her speak for the first time in a small Baptist church. And I remember she put her hands on my shoulders. I was still in college. And so Beth kind of was coming on the scene around that time. And she said, Jenny, I affirm that call into ministry and you need to go learn your Bible. Wow. And I really took it to heart. I bought commentaries. Our relationship Zadie, I've sent her all those commentaries and and books that I depended on early on. Yes, she has. (laughs) I had to develop that gift, right? And I had to learn to study and all of that. And that's what Beth knew. And so Beth really played that role in my life. And then fast forward, if gathering and all of these things, I never dreamed it would be as public as it is. I think I just wanted to teach my Bible in living rooms. I don't know that I had enough ambition. I think I sensed there was more, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have a vision for it until I did.
0: Y'all, I love a good story. That's part of the reason why I love doing this podcast is because I get to hear so many people's story. No matter what kind of stories you love to hear, Audible is the home of storytelling. Audible lets you enjoy all of your favorite audio entertainment anytime, anywhere, and all in one convenient app. You can find the best of what you love or discover something new. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases. Their selection of mystery and thriller titles will keep your heart racing month after month. Sounds exciting, right? Audible offers an incredible selection of audio books that cover every genre like bestsellers, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, motivation, and all the things. With next listen recommendations, you'll always have something amazing right at your fingertips. Members also get full access to a grown selection of included titles, Audible originals, and podcasts. You can download or stream them anytime you want. With thousands of titles, Audible selections makes their membership totally worth it. Plus, Audible members can pick and keep one title every month from their entire catalog. I am so excited about diving into different kinds of stories and I never listened to like mystery or anything like that, but my sister and brother have been telling me about all these mystery books they're into. And one of the ones they recommended is the last thing he told me by Laura Dave. So I'm about to be jumping into that title and seeing what it's all about. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash woe or just text woe to 500-500. That's Audible AU. Or text woe to 500
1: to try Audible for free for 30 days. And then when I had a vision for it, I felt like it was from God. It was really sudden. It was just a clear idea that we should bring everybody in our power together. When I had that vision, the technology didn't even exist for If Gathering. You know, we didn't even have live streaming and all the things. And so God was building a plan, but he's so kind because he didn't reveal it all at once. I had little baby steps and all he ever cared about, and I tell people this all the time, all he ever cared about was me just staying in step with him and taking the next risky step of obedience and the next one and the next one. And they didn't all make sense and they didn't necessarily equal in my mind, what if gathering is today, but he definitely has a plan. Yeah, You know, it's so funny. My big thing is surrender and obey, no matter what, just surrender and obey because you don't know what he's doing. And so if you try to control it or build a plan, you're going to miss out on what God's doing.
0: Yep. Wow. That's so good. That's honestly like so encouraging to me. And I know it will be to my team too. just where we're at and just what God's doing in our life. It feels like so many baby steps and then it looks like big things and it is big things. But to us, we're just constantly blown away because when God speaks something and then from like when he speaks it to when he does it, there's a lot of like unknown in between. And so I love that, like surrender and obey. We couldn't figure it out. We couldn't guess it if we tried. So that's super encouraging. I love that. Something I love about like you, whenever you tell your stories, you talk about Beth Moore a lot and just how she's really been a mentor to you and even put her hands on you years ago and said, learn your Bible. And now, you know, y'all have formed this relationship. And that's kind of even what you did to me in a sense. You looked at me and you're like, here's these books. You need to go learn because you have a gift. And I've watched like... You and Beth and people like Christine Kane and Priscilla Shire and all these women, like y'all are so encouraging and supportive and like call just the best out of each other. And it's really cool because like in the world you just don't see that often. Like when people are in the same circles, it gets like super competitive. Mm. But like with y'all, I've never felt yeah. that. It's always been so encouraging. And so I just would love for you to kind of speak into that for people in their own circles. Like how do you fight against that like jealousy or comparison and how do you like truly champion? be the people around you.
1: Mm. Well, I I agree with you. And I'll tell you from behind the scenes, there's just not a lick of it. Like we aren't hiding it. We aren't faking it. (laughs) We just genuinely adore each other. And we want God to move through every single person as powerfully as possible. And I think a lot of that has to do with our goal.
0: Yeah, that's good. So
1: our goal is to bring about the kingdom of God, as far as we're concerned, to bring about, you know, his work and his kingdom on earth. And so the more people... People to help with that, the better. And so when we see, you know, Sadie, you start teaching your Bible, it's like, oh, come on, girl, like jump on with (laughs) us because there's no scarcity in our minds. Like there's not this idea of there's only a certain number of people that are going to buy books or, or come to conferences or listen to this. We don't even think that way. We're just all so busy and our heads are down. And I think the number one way to fight jealousy is to be about something. Yeah, that's so good. Go out and build something, create something, do something. Don't sit around and watch everybody else do things because then you will be jealous. You're sitting there and you're not living out what you're supposed to be doing. You're watching everybody else live, you know, out what they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. I wrote about this And the analogy I used was the idea of like, you're sitting in the stands eating nachos, watching people play, you know, and you have all these opinions, but you're not actually on the field. So true. And once you're on the field, your role, and I remember, I remember somebody wise telling me this, like stick to your role, like do your plays, execute your part. And Beth is executing hers and you're executing yours and Priscilla and the, Church of God around the world is executing theirs, you know. And so, if all of us just kind of do our part, then the kingdom is growing and people are being discipled yep. and people are knowing God. And so, to not be scared, it just isn't a competition. And I think that applies though to everything, even outside of ministry. If you're building a company, I have never seen being collaborating and being for each other take. From your own. Like it only boosts and grows your own. Yeah, that's so true. I think just giving away what God's given you and being for other people. Oh my gosh, it is so much more fun. Yeah. It is so much more fun. And then too, the sisterhood develops where I'm a sister girl. Like you have sisters too, Sadie. And I think people that grow up with sisters get this in a deeper way. That you're just there for each other. You're just for each other. You just would give your right arm for each other. Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's just love. And you just I'm not saying it's never competitive. Certainly we get competitive. But at the end of the day, like we would take a bullet for each other. And I think that's exactly how I even approach friendship. And it's so much more fun.
0: That's so good. Wow. Amen. Preach to the choir. That is awesome. I love hearing you talk about that because I love how you said like that's not, like, a fake thing. You couldn't find it. Like, that's genuinely what you believe. And that really comes through. And I love how you talk about, like, being about something. And I think that's going to, like, speak to so many people to just actually focus on the thing. And if your goal is the same, then... There's no scarcity. Go for it. Oh, man. I I try to tell it to so many people, but I feel like hearing it from somebody who is years ahead of us is so beautiful to see the sisterhood that y'all formed. It's awesome. So I want to talk about your new book, Get Out of Your Head, because I love this whole concept that you're writing about. It's so relatable to me. Somebody who I feel like has probably more thoughts than the average person. I don't know. I feel like I'm constantly thinking thoughts. (laughs) I've dabbled in a little anxiety myself just because of thoughts going crazy. And so first, before we kind of go into some of the specifics,
1: what made you want to write this book? Well, exactly what you're saying in my own brain. (laughs) I have struggled. I have struggled. And I really walked through a season of doubt and fear that lasted for a long long time. It was about 18 months of waking up in the middle of the night and having extreme doubt and that leading to really which I want to talk about further with you too cuz you just shared about this online. I was so glad you shared it. Yep. about a fear of death and it really paralyzed me and it caused me to just you know I wasn't necessarily worried about other religions like it wasn't that but it was just fearing what if all of this isn't true? Like what if it just goes to black and this is all there is? And It was so long that I was in my head about it, and I never even told my husband. I didn't tell anybody. And the bad part about that, well, and the main reason I didn't is because I just don't think I thought it was a very big deal, and it kind of grew, which is exactly what the devil wants, right? Like That is for you not to think it's a big deal, for you just to sit there in it and for it to grow. And, and that's what I let happen. And so I think after that season, I was just on a mission. Like it wasn't any longer like, oh, we shouldn't think negative thoughts. That makes for a negative life or something like that. It was war. I was like, (laughs) yeah. Like, we are not going to be alone in the dark with the devil and let him tell us what he wants. Like, we're going to say things out loud. We're going, which I loved, Sadie, when you said it out loud, because I think that's where all the power, he loses all the power. Exactly. It's no longer about us getting to believe lies because now people can fight for us. Now people can remind us of truth. Now people can pray for us. And I think that is the war that I want to be about. And I just realized that, you know, we talk a lot about our emotions and our feelings, and we talk a lot about our behaviors and our actions, but we rarely talk about the source of all of it, which is our minds. And scripture talked so much about it. Yeah, so true. And so I wanted to go back to and see the science of it because they've learned so much about the brain in the last decade. And so we really did a lot of the work, a lot of the research of, what is true, what do we know about our minds today mm-hmm. that we didn't know 15, 20 years ago? And it's so much and the cool thing is all the science backs up the Bible. That this wow. is not these are not two separate things. These things work together and because God built our brain. And so of course as they discover things about the brain, they discover that God's word is true and that this is the way he built us. And wow. the biggest thing, the biggest thing is that we have a choice, that we don't have to spiral in fear and doubt and anxiety and all these things. Now, I'm not talking about mental illness and chemical imbalance. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. There are you know, times for medicine and counseling and all of that. But just the typical thought patterns of our day, we can interrupt them.
0: Yep. Yep. Wow, that's so encouraging, honestly, because I feel like sometimes with like anxiety and thoughts, like you feel crippled in it and you're like, these thoughts just happen. They just come. I don't I don't know how to control it. And so just to know that like there are so many scriptures and also like science to say you can change your mind, like you can actually change the pattern of that is super encouraging. And yeah, like I heard your talk at If Gathering and you talked about kind of the concept of the book, Get Out of Your Head. and. It like, honestly, really, I didn't even realize that I was going through the same thing. Like every single night I was struggling with so much doubt and fear mm. and I've never had doubt in my life. Like I've always been like super confident and just like everything that God says, like I don't really question it. Like I know there's a heaven. I, I'm confident in that. I've never really felt. Not too much about like fearing death and then all of a sudden I don't even know like when it really started but it had been a few months and at night I would just get like so crippled in it and get so afraid until I just like fell asleep and then the next day I would just not think about it until night again mm. after I was at. If conference, I went and like we were on a tour bus and I told Christian, I said, can you come get in my bunk? And the bunks are like tiny. And I just start crying like uncontrollably. I don't really do that often. Mm. And I was like. Everything Jenny said, like I've been walking through, like I've been fearing death. I've been like doubting, like, is it just end? like, I don't even know. And I don't even know why I'm thinking that. And I know it's not true. And even just like speaking it out the past week has been so freeing and just reminding myself that I do know truth. And that is really what I believe. And it was just like the enemy getting to this crippling place of like fear and doubt that had built so big. And it was just a huge distraction. And so everything that you say in this book and that you're preaching, like, first of all, for me, like it hit me in such a personal way. But then whenever I was encouraged to post something about it on Instagram, thousands of people commented and messaged yes. me and texted me so ah. many people need to hear this hope and this encouragement so just like thank you for writing a book like this and thank you for like oh. literally going to war with it because I think so many times yeah. like stuff like this and you even talk about this in your book which I want to touch on you talk about the idea of like self-help and I feel like people always ask me that with anxiety like, well what mechanisms do you need to help like what coping mechanisms to me, only thing I know to tell you is like Jesus and you have to like literally saturate yourself in scripture and prayer and like bring it to him. I don't know how to like do like little coping mechanisms. And so I kind of wanted to talk to you about that idea of the difference in what self-help is and
1: what Jesus really offers. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, Sadie, that, yes, yes, yes. First of all, you have me teary again about this. I think I physically was weeping (laughs) at tour that night because it was, I came to hear you the night after If Gathering, right? So it had only been 24 hours. So to get to hear that bunk story just shook me to my core because Mm -hmm. I love you so much. And I don't know until you have a spiritual daughter that you'll feel this. I literally want you to be so free and I want you to use your gifts and your life to the very fullest potential. So to think that, A dark story of mine that cost a year and a half of my life could help you was just it was so redeeming for me. Wow. So yay. But (laughs) the war part here is that we have to take this very seriously. Yeah. And I think that's where we've been off is we have let these little thoughts, and I did it, you know. I mean, I was chief among everyone. (laughs) You let these little thoughts. Be in your head and you do not think this is spiritual warfare. You don't think to yourself like this is a big deal. You don't even think of it. You don't even put words necessarily to it like anxiety until it's gone on for years. Yep. So what we've got to do is just number one, to start to take our thoughts more seriously mm-hmm. and to, to realize that it's one of the main battle grounds of the enemy, that this is his favorite place to get us. And so, and it's the easiest place to get us. He can whisper us lies. By definition, Jesus defined the enemy as the liar. Like that is, yep. is who he is. He yep. gave him the name the liar. So where better to lie to us than all alone in the dark. And so mm-hmm. to say it out loud is so brave. And you saying it out loud that night, you know you felt like physically, like I have to say this out loud but it's also scary. Yeah. And I think when we do say it out loud, I just think that's the first step of it losing its power. Yeah. But then, of course, scripture says we have to set our minds. We have to train our minds. We have to think on things that are true, things that are lovely. I mean, those are all different references of scripture. Take every thought captive, mm-hmm. renew our minds. And so, all of these things are command language that we have to actually practice and work at. You know, we learn how to have good behavior. We learn even how to hopefully have emotional intelligence and deal with our emotions. But to really train our minds, that's something that somehow I think a lot of us missed. Yeah, And it really is probably the most crucial thing to all of our lives.
0: Yep. Wow. That's so good. When you were talking about this at If Gathering, this statistic shocked me. Whenever you talked about how many thoughts we have like a day, and then you said 80% of our thoughts are negative thoughts and 90% are repetitive thoughts.
1: That is crazy to me. Like that is just crazy to me. It is crazy. But yet at the same time, I've ministered to women and you have too for quite a while. And so you go, but that kind of doesn't surprise me. It's like, it's crazy, but you're like, yeah. Yeah, like I know my own mind and I'm like, gosh, I'm prone to think negatively. Gosh, I'm prone to not assume the best. Gosh, I'm prone to worry and stress about things that are out of my control. You know, like all of those patterns are very easy for me to be positive, to believe the best, to trust God, all those things actually take a lot more effort. And so the idea of the effort and like turning our minds and setting our minds, and I think about Romans 8, and what does it say? It says to set your mind on the spirit. Like that is how we have life and peace. And so it's an active turning and an active choice. And yet we're in a generation, all of us alive today, are in a generation that has more noise than any generation before us. So we actually have, I think, a more difficult time Focusing on God because there's just so much noise to the contrary, you know, minute after minute and day after day. So, yeah, I think it truly is a war. And it's interesting the younger the audience of people reading this and listening to this, the more they're aware there's a war.
0: Wow. They're not
1: confused. Wow. They've got friends that are considering suicide, they've got, you know, multiple friends in depression and anxiety diagnosed. They see. There is a war for my mind like I don't have to convince them. Yeah, they are very aware I mean both of my daughters have multiple friends that struggle with these things and so Mm. it is Real and I think it's getting more and more prevalent.
0: Yeah, that's so true That's so interesting Something about you that I know a lot of people know because you show up on college campuses but something that i've got to see like really close up and personal is just how Big Your Heart Is For College Students. And so I know the primary audience that listens to this is in college. You know, we have all ages listening to this. And I think it's such a blessing because I know that all ages can receive so much from the people like you who are on this podcast. But a lot of people are in college. And it's always encouraged me whenever you look at me and I'm 22 and you speak to me as if I can do anything in the Lord. And that's true. It always affirms me in that. I just kind of wanted to end with just you getting to share a little bit of your heart for college students
1: and why you believe in them right where they're at. Uh, First of all, there is something unique happening in, say, your age group. Mm -hmm. I've been in ministry for a long time, and a lot of us are saying that to each other. Well, That what we see happening on college campuses and with 18 to You know, 25 year olds. It is a passion and a zeal and a fervor for the Lord Mm -hmm. that is marked. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is sincere and it is, I'll do anything. True. And you've seen it too. I go back to things I've seen. At Baylor campus, I've never seen more eagerness to be free. Mm-hmm. That they don't wait, that they're not holding in their sin, they're confessing sin, they're repenting of sin, and they are asking questions like, I want to see God move. Yeah. And what's it gonna take? And I think that is the signs of revival. Yeah. And yes, I believe all of us al- alive today on earth need to play a part in that. But I really think and won't be surprised one single bit if we see your generation lead the way on it. Wow. The thing that I believe about you guys, all of you listening in that age range, is that you're no longer buying into a religiosity that I think people older than you did. So most people older than you made a decision. Do I want to be a Christian? And that looked like, do I want to go to church? Do I want to do good things? Do I want to be about God? And then some of them said no. A lot of them said no. Millennials, a lot of them left the church. They said no. That didn't appeal to me. You guys have this weird ability to not see it like that. It's like, you just see Jesus and you're like, I want to give my life to him. And it's not complicated. It's just, I want to give my whole life to Jesus. So what do I need to do? And there's this hungry, precious, simple, humble thing that is happening right now where people are like, yeah, I'll go on the mission field. Yeah, okay. You know, they're going. That's so true. Or, you know what? With you, Sadie, I know how many opportunities you have to do other things, and not that you won't do them, but you've continually said, you know what? I'm going to prioritize. I'm going to go on tour where I don't necessarily get paid, and nobody pays (laughs) for tickets, and and we're going to get in an RV. And we're, you know, you're just, there's a zealousness to your life that has nothing to do with making a name for yourself or money. It's just, I want to serve Jesus with my life. Yep. And that's what I'm watching in this generation. And so if you're listening and that's you, I want you to know you're not alone, mm-hmm. that it, I see it rising up on multiple campuses across the earth. Yep. And I see a desire to work together that there isn't this competitive thing. It's like, oh, let's go. Let's get after it. I see it in my daughter. in this little separate kind of playroom that used to be a garage. She fills it up with like 60 people. Come it probably on. more technically holds about 10. But she <laughs> from her public school, she puts 60 girls back here wow. and they are praying for their school. And they are like, arms raised. I know. And I'm going, okay, that is the spirit of God. That's not good parenting. That is just her saying, look, the spirit rising up in her and saying, you know what? As much as it concerns me in my place, I'm going to preach Jesus and I'm going to bring people together in his name. And (laughs) it works, you know, it works and it's happening.
0: That is so good. Come on. I want to hang out with your daughter. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, I want to go to this room I'm so encouraged. Y'all
1: would be trouble together. We for would. Sure. I know we
0: would. I know we would. No, this is so encouraging. Jenny, thank you so much for just being who you are, pouring into your generation, ours, the whole world, literally right where we're at, just believing for God to, to just be God. We just all feel, I know I'm speaking on behalf of a lot of people, so encouraged by you. And also, if you're listening and you have anxious thoughts or have been having doubts or fears or just have a lot of thoughts that you don't know how to control, go get Jenny's book. Get out of your head. It is so encouraging, and I know it's going to meet you right where you're at, just like it did for me. And so, Jenny, thank you again so much. You're awesome. Mm, Love you, girl. Love you. What's up fam? Welcome back to the good and bad advice segment. Today, we're going to speak to the times. Uh, Y'all, we're in some crazy times right now, aren't we, Christian?
2: Some super crazy times. Like
0: crazy. And so first, I just want to say our prayers are going out to everyone being affected by the coronavirus, whether you're sick, know somebody that's sick, being quarantined like the rest of the world, and just dealing with the loneliness of that and the weirdness of that and isolation. So we have been praying so much for this whole thing. And just for people in our world that God would just heal our land. Because honestly, the only place we know it to is God in moments like these. We decided to make this advice segment solely based on quarantine. So we got y'all's best and worst advice on what to do while quarantining during this time. All right, babe. So I'm going to ask you what you think about this advice. Okay, you ready? Yep. Keep an eye on the news fall 7
2: Bad advice.
0: Bad bad if you sorry my dad is dancing outside the window distraction he he
2: caught me up these are the people we're
0: cooped up with i
2: think yeah i don't think that's good advice i think sometimes you know people can get too into that and i think that can be really consuming i think
0: it adds fear honestly
2: yeah that's good
0: Yeah, I think if you're consumed with the news, it just adds fear. I do think it's wise to watch the news and be, you know, up to date with what's going on, be informed, but don't be consumed by it. There's a difference in being like informed and being consumed. You're going to be consumed in the word of God. You're going to be informed by the news, not consumed by the news and informed by the word of God. That'll preach. What? Whoa, that's good. Okay. Now, this could be interesting. We can't really speak to this because we're married, but I feel like we can speak to it for singles. Text an old boyfriend if you get bored
2: bad advice bad
0: bad unless like you were the one that did something wrong ended it i mean maybe like apologize reach out but like mostly like no yeah no like don't do anything in quarantine you wouldn't do in your regular life that's so good unless it's like a really great thing yeah (laughs) that you just have time to do (laughs) all right i'm interested to hear this quarantine calories don't count it's kind of like a holiday.
2: Yeah, that's so true. I, growing up, I would always think like I could eat as much food on Thanksgiving and on Christmas as I want. And I would not gain weight from it. I, I kind of thought your body took into account that it was a holiday. But yes, quarantine calories do count. Be mindful. Do some body weight exercises.
0: You know, I've watched you, i witness witnessed Christian, eat more than normal, but you work out more than normal. Yeah. Because you have true. all the time, so yeah. why not?
2: Why not? Not at a local gym at our house.
0: Now this is interesting. Shave your eyebrows, then you won't be tempted to leave your house. Strangely enough.
2: Who thought of that? If you're
0: like really struggling Someone and you was need really to go bored. through that extreme, Someone like was
2: bored when they maybe
0: of that. or maybe practice self-control. Okay. Yeah.
2: Keep your eyebrows.
0: Somebody said drink all the tea. I love that person.
2: Yeah, I'm not a tea person. Chris is
0: not a tea person. I have drinking so much tea. I actually mastered the at-home matcha latte. You did. What? She did. Maybe I'll post a TikTok of it. I also just got TikTok. I would tell you my name on TikTok, except for TikTok randomly, like, I my name changed. You got hacked. And I didn't even do it. Yeah, but, like, what hacker did that? I don't even know. Some so, hacker. if you type in City Rob Huff, you should be able to find me. <laughs> all right. Stay in your pajamas all day.
2: Neutral advice.
0: Neutral, I mean Sundays, but yeah. like not every day. Like right now, I, w- I just told Christian, I'm going to go take a shower and get ready. He said, like, get ready for what? I said, for myself. Because sometimes you, you just have to.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just have like, to. Like if
0: I didn't get ready, I feel like on this podcast, I'd be like, oh, oh so welcome back to what's good fam. But look at the energy I'm bringing.
2: Look at the energy. It's <laughs> all because you got ready. It's
0: true. <laughs> 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 oh, man. All right. Last one. Let's see this. Because we've actually been talking about this. Set a schedule.
2: Good advice. It is good. Yeah. Especially, you know, with everyone being quarantined and everyone just having a limited amount of things to do. I think creating a schedule really, you know, gets you in the habit of trying to be as active as you can and really just being productive in this time of, you know, being by yourself. And for sure. Yeah. I really think that setting a schedule, we talked about that earlier today, that setting a schedule will definitely be a good thing and help us be more productive with things.
0: I think so too. I mean, me and Christian have been talking about like what a beautiful time if, you know, of course you're not sick and you're not affected by it right now. Like just being quarantined that we have to really rest and really do some of the things that we've always said we want to do for ourselves. Like read more, study more, read the Bible, learn more about God. Gosh, there's so many things. Become a better wife, cook more, teach our dog tricks. Like there's all kinds of these little things that we've... You know, always say, Man, if we had the time, I'd I'd write another blog, I'd do this, I'd do that. We have time to do that. And so we want to find that balance of what is it like to rest in this time and what does it look like also to be productive in this time and come out of this better than when we started. And you know, I think in the time that you're not sick, really studying and rooting yourself in scripture and the Bible so that when the storms do come or somebody gets sick around you or you do in the midst of this horrible virus, you know, we'll be rooted in our faith enough to have strength during these times and so yeah i think that christian and i are trying to find the balance of rest and um productivity is that the word that's
2: definitely the word and
0: i think a schedule really helps with that that's good yep well anyways keep sending in your good and bad advice to what that's good podcast instagram because we love it and we love you guys bye
2: stay safe out there